Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers, past or present. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about contra freeloading in zoos and aquariums. Uh, We do have a couple other episodes out there right now uh, as of you listening to this. So if you haven't already, uh, definitely check those out. Our first one is on the benefits of zoos and aquariums, uh, which kind of gives you an overall uh, idea of what zoos and aquariums are doing and kind of the backbone of uh, what a lot of this podcast is going to be about, uh, as well as uh, what is animal enrichment. That's our second podcast, Uh, so definitely check that out as well because we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, uh, concepts around uh, animal enrichment in this podcast, so it'll definitely be helpful to uh, listen to that one in particular uh, before you dive into this one. Contra freeloading in zoos and aquariums. Uh, So contra freeloading is a, a really, really important enrichment technique that I think is extremely valuable to almost any situation and any scenario uh, that you may be encountering uh, within an enrichment program. Uh, Despite having a a pretty large word, it's not that intimidating. It's a very, very easily um, adapted concept uh, into a pre-existing enrichment program. You don't really need to change a whole lot. The only thing you need to change is really how you're feeding an animal and how much food it's getting for free. Um, So, uh, with that being said, uh, let's kind of get to the bottom of what contra freeloading is and how uh, it can be implemented into your uh, enrichment program. All right, so what is contra freeloading? Uh, well, when we look at the word contra freeloading, uh, contra, the first part of the word, is actually Spanish uh, for against. So it essentially means against and freeloading, which freeloading means. Uh, basically taking something without giving something in return, uh, requiring no effort. So we're really at the base of the word talking about um, a concept that means against doing something for free, uh, really. So, um, but contra freeloading when you apply it to animal care, uh, it's a term uh, for a type of behavior in which an organism, uh, when given the choice between food that requires no effort to obtain and food that requires effort to obtain, chooses the food that requires effort. And this uh, term uh, was really first used uh, when it was uh, applied toward animals uh, by psychologist Glenn Jensen in about 1963. Uh, He released a study, and in this study, uh, he gave a group of rats uh, the choice between food from a dish laying on the floor of their cage, or food that can be obtained by pressing a metal bar down uh, a certain amount of time. So in the study, it was 40, 80, 160, 320, 640, and 1,280 times uh, in order to get food. 
Uh, so he found that almost every single rat preferred the food that he had. they had to press the bar to get, even if there was still food left in the dish. He also found that the amount of food uh, the rat um, consumed uh, was actually proportionate to the total amount of times they had pressed the bar down. Uh, so if the rat only pressed the bar down 40 times, it consumed less food uh, than a rat that uh, pressed it down the full 1,280 times. So I'm sure a lot of you uh, right now are kind of wondering, you know, why does this contra-freeloading behavior uh, turn up in animals? Like why it seems kind of counterintuitive to what you'd expect um, from nature due to uh, one of the main things that were taught about nature uh, being actually called the principle of least effort, uh, which is a demonstrated principle that organisms will generally try to minimize energy expenditure while trying to maximize reward. You know, so they're always going uh, to the low-hanging fruit. They're always going for the easy prey. So how can contra-freeloading exist as well? Because it's really the opposite. You know, they're choosing as opposed to a free bowl of food on the ground, they're choosing to go press the bar to get the food. Uh, well, there's several kind of theories to uh, explain why this may, uh, this phenomenon may happen. So there's two kind of main uh, theories around why contra freeloading uh, is happening. Um, and they're kind of uh, two major adaptive um, behaviors. Uh, there's foraging and then gathering information about alternate food sources. Um, so foraging behaviors are really of vital importance to wild animals because um, as many species uh, can spend a majority of their day foraging for food. Uh, you know, so what um, constitutes foraging like really varies greatly based on the species. Um, you know, for example, uh, a lot of ungulates spend the majority of their day grazing, uh, whereas carnivores, uh, can spend their majority of their day hunting for food and uh, really days at a time not eating at all. And really this desire and kind of um, natural urge to forage is uh, um, really what is the primary driver behind a lot of this uh, contra-freeloading um, behaviors, uh, really because it takes a lot, in the wild, it takes a lot more time to work for a food item than simply to eat it. Um, you know, similar to cooking, you know, when you're, uh, when you spend a long time, say making a big, uh, pot roast, uh, it's, it tastes a lot better because you've put more time into it. And I think a uh, kind of similar, uh, thing could be kind of applied to a lot of animals when you're spending kind of all day hunting something or uh, a lot of time working for a specific food item. Uh, it's, it's really that's that's what is kind of more almost more important than the actual food item is really the uh, behaviors and time that go into actually uh, getting it and this has actually been uh, demonstrated before uh, in a variety of studies uh, i've quoted uh, one here a uh, study by van oss et al um, uh, they demonstrated that domestic cattle uh, actually which you know are far removed from a wild uh, species uh, were much more likely uh, to perform contrafeeding behaviors when they were fed a high-energy uh, diet as opposed to cows that were fed a more la natural, low-energy diet. Uh, so basically, these cows, uh, when they were getting something that filled them up quickly, uh, they really wanted to spend a lot more time exhibiting a contrafeeding behavior uh, than when they were fed natural uh, diets that actually took a lot more 
uh, time to uh, to fill them up. So this really kind of demonstrates that uh, they really want to be spending more time uh, consuming their food um, than actually just the main uh, caloric requirement of the food. And this, I think, can be really uh, easily translated into um, uh, an animal care environment because quite often we're feeding animals um, food items that are uh, extremely uh, calorically dense, uh, very efficient, you know, meant... Uh, specifically blended for uh, captive animals. So I think uh, this is really something uh, to stop and think about when we're feeding um, these sort of blended diets. So the other uh, kind of major uh, theory uh, behind contra-freeloading is uh, it's also potentially a result of uh, a specific animal wanting to kind of hedge their bets against food shortage uh, by taking part in uh, contra-freeloading. Uh, since they uh, might actually view it as an alternative food source to the food uh, they may always be getting for free. And this was actually uh, demonstrated uh, in a study by Anders et al., um, where they found that European starlings um, from a non-privileged background, so uh, basically that experienced food shortages when they were uh, developing and younger, um, spent more time contra-freeloading uh, than starlings that came from a privileged background. So starlings that came from, uh, that had never experienced uh, food shortages and always experienced abundance of uh, resources when developing. This kind of clearly shows that animals may be viewing contrafeeding as a way to take advantage of as many different food sources as they can. And uh, all these um, links and all that will be uh, in the article that I attached to the show notes here, just so... Uh, uh, if you guys actually want to take a closer look at some of these uh, uh, different studies, uh, you definitely can uh, if you check out uh, my website, wildenrichmond.com. Uh, it'll be in uh, the link in the description. Now, I'm sure this doesn't need a whole lot of explaining because I'm sure your animal care brains are uh, kind of churning right now. Um, but, you know, why is contrafeeloading valuable in a zoo setting? And I think one of the main reasons that kind of makes contrafeeloading valuable uh, and a kind of an understanding of the, the term, I really think uh, that when you're kind of designing and thinking about um, an enrichment program for a specific animal, you really should be paying a lot of attention uh, to, you know, how much a specific animal may want to forage and uh, kind of providing it with as many uh, enrichment opportunities, uh, foraging opportunities as you, can poss as you possibly can throughout the day. Because it is clear that a lot of these animals have a really uh, kind of intense desire uh, to spend a lot of their day foraging and uh, working for their food. Um, and really, this the more they're working for their food, the more they're foraging, uh, the more they're going to be expending their energy performing natural behaviors. Um, and that can have a lot of benefits as well. In a study by uh, Christina Lindvisk, I'm sorry, Christina, I did not say that right. Uh, it was actually found that uh, wild ancestors of uh, domestic species of uh, chicken spent much more of their day foraging and were much more inclined to, for, to perform contra-freeloading behaviors uh, than their domestic cousins. Uh, and I really thought this could have a lot of implications in a zoo setting because uh, as many, many of the animals housed at zoos are not at all domestic. So a lot of the time, I think it would be safe to assume that uh, these wild animals uh, can um, will be expecting a lot more foraging opportunities uh, in their days. 
Uh, and I think a lot of the time we're basing a lot of our uh, care manuals on uh, domestic animals and uh, kind of knowledge that we've gained from them, whereas these wild animals can be a lot different. And uh, one of the actual uh, main side effects of contra freeloading um, and was also talked about in the uh, Jensen rat study that we talked about earlier. Um, the rats that participated in uh, working for their food also consumed more food uh, in proportion to how hard they worked for it. Um, so this could also have great uh, implications towards zoo animals because um, it could actually result in an increase in appetite and uh, consuming more food. So now that we've uh, really covered um, why you know, feeding, eliminating the amount of uh, food that you're giving an animal for free uh, may be beneficial. Uh, we can kind of talk about um, how this should kind of be implemented um, into a enrichment program. Uh, so really the best way that I think uh, to kind of implement this into a behavioral husbandry program is really to start slow. And by that I mean uh, slowly increasing uh, the amount of food they have to work for uh, day by day, depending on how they're doing. Uh, so, you know, say starting at around five to ten uh, to ten or fifteen percent uh, food that they have to work for, and you know, ninety to eighty-five percent uh, food uh, that they're getting for free. Uh, if you come in in the morning or whenever you're you're checking and all the food that they have to work for is still there, then maybe 15 uh, isn't the right number. You need to go down to 5% uh, food they need to work for until they slowly uh, start to get uh, on that contra freeloading train. And uh, right away you're going to uh, notice with uh, there's a lot of variation between animals uh, and species so uh, you're really going to notice uh, some animals may uh, kind of uh, get it right away and you can be uh, slow you can be increasing 10 15 percent every single week uh, and then other animals you know uh, depending on their uh, history uh, in the facility or uh, stuff like that uh, they may take a lot longer uh, to kind of catch on to the fact that uh, some of their food is being uh, not given for free. So for example, uh, you know, a uh, tiger that is, you know, 15 years old that has been fed uh, in piles for the last 10, 15 years uh, is going to be much less receptive probably uh, to kind of working for its food than say a younger tiger that doesn't have the same uh, kind of history. Uh, either way, starting slowly and uh, decreasing the amount of free food uh, seems to really be uh, the best option. So that kind of uh, sums up what contra freeloading is and uh, how you can it can be used uh, in an animal care uh, facility uh, to kind of increase the effectiveness of your enrichment of an existing enrichment program or kind of build up a new one. Um, if you're ever looking for uh, devices or uh, delivery methods uh, for this kind of food and uh, to kind of decrease the amount of free food that you're giving an animal, uh, definitely check out my website, uh, wildenrichment.com. You can always contact me um, on there or on uh, Facebook, Instagram, at wildenrichment. I will be happy to talk to you all day about contra freeloading uh, if you want. And that just about does it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, definitely check out our uh, previous episodes uh, that are up already. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Until next time.